0: Welcome inside episode 636 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains and the Ottawa Senators have split their first preseason games against the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: And the Leafs are in postseason form, Ross, losing in the third period as they do and two cuts happened with the ottawa senators those players back to their respective junior teams
0: we'll let you know who they are and maybe who can we expect to play tomorrow in winnipeg all that's coming up on today's edition of the locked on senators podcast it's your team every day Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen. On this Monday, September 26th, we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video. Just click the thumbs up and please subscribe to the Locked On Senators channel. Be a friend, tell a friend. It's that time of year where everyone is gathering to see how the top line looks. Was Jake Sanderson okay at the NHL level? We'll have all those answers. But if you were subscribed to Locked On Senders on YouTube, you would have seen the inaugural and second postcast of the year. Yes, we went live after each game. Those replays are available exclusively on YouTube. But Pilsy, the postcast will return to audio form come regular season. Yep, you gotta love
1: post-cast season coming back here, and that just means it's Ottawa Senators hockey time, and sure, maybe it's not regular season yet, but we're fired up about the preseason too, we don't discriminate when it's Ottawa Senators hockey.
0: No, especially when there's individual players you're watching and we'll get into how some guys fared, whose stocks went up the highest. I'm sure we'll borrow a little bit of send stocks from at Lalim's Martian. But we are looking for a sponsor for the postcast as well. So if you have a small business and you would like to get it to a very passionate group of individuals, hit us up. You can get to my email through our YouTube channel. All right, Pilsy. So the Ottawa Senders play two in Toronto on Saturday. They lose 4-1 in the matinee, and then win 4-3 in the nightcap. I think we're just going to talk about individual performances, though. You can go to the postcast if you want, you know, play-by-play from each game. It's more big picture here as we enter week two of training camp. Who is your number one standout from this entire weekend?
1: Honestly, it, it seems crazy, and maybe it's just recency bias, but Crooker looked good yet again. Uh, And obviously a a little bit more of a diminished role than he had in the rookie tournament. But anytime he's out there, he looks great. And I believe it was Scott Sabrin who set him up with a gorgeous, gorgeous pass. Ross, you laughed when I said Scott Sabrin is battling for the fourth line uh, winger position. With silky mitts like that, he might be cracking a top six spot. Look out.
0: I know, and considering Austin Watson played about 45 minutes in the matinee game, I was surprised there was any ice time left for a fourth line afterwards. But you're right, what a little behind-the-back feed, right on the right tape. Right on the tape, ooh. Crooker makes no mistake, puts it home. The intensity, the smile, you love to see that after the goal, and he just wants it. You can just tell every shift this guy really has a renewed appreciation for the game after it was taken away. So I like that. Angus crook topped. The top five, crack the top five. <laughs> that
1: one got Yikes. you there.
0: Oh, man. We'll explain why uh, we're a little bamboozled in, in just a moment. But with the, the top five players that stood out to me, yeah, Crooker was on there. But there's also another forward. And maybe he was expected to be good, especially at this part of the season. But what a late summer addition Tyler Mott is looking yeah, like. Yeah, nice. Pilsy. This guy played almost 20 minutes of ice time. He played almost five minutes on the penalty kill. He is going to be a guy that gains the trust of DJ Smith in a hurry. Now,
1: th- does this viewing of him give you a little bit more confidence having him as a third line guy? I know you kind of penciled him in yes. on the fourth line. You feel good on that third line there?
0: I mean, it's still early, but he didn't do anything to alleviate that possibility it's from my mind. It's spot
1: to lose, eh? Like, that's where yes. we're at.
0: Yeah. I would say so. Goal. Empty netter, but he worked hard to get there. Assist and five hits. I like that too. So he was mixing it up. A team high, like I said, played over five minutes, 518 on the penalty kill. The next highest time on ice on the PK among forwards, 315. Shane Pinto, almost two, more than two full minutes more. Tyler Mott was an absolute buzzsaw out there for the Ottawa Senators. So wanted to shout him out as well. Another guy that came to mind, he ends up scoring the game winner in that game is Mark Kastelik. We were talking about Brassard versus Gambrell in the group chat after the first game, but I think Casty came and bullied his way into top spot of those three. If we're jockeying okay. based on a game-by-game, game, like if it's like, you know, those um, those racing games where you're like, okay, he pulls it ahead, no F1, more the long race. I'd say Casty just pulled in. Maybe the other guys went for a little pit stop, but he gets the goal, and not only that, like, his entire game is centered around how big and and uh, and strong he is. Like Victor Mete, of all people, trying to get body positioning in front of the net. Just not going to happen. So Casty to me, was another big standout and really solidified his spot as a guy who's who, not to be taken lightly. Despite not needing waivers, that shouldn't matter when he is being as dominant as he is in that big frame out there.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I would have no issue at all having Mark Kaslik as the everyday fourth-line center and then bumping Dylan Gambrell to that 13th forward, right? Like, I think that's something you could do because you obviously don't want uh, a younger guy, that like a prospect that you're still invested in, sitting up in the press box. But Dylan Gambrell, I think he's 26, 27. You got him for a seventh-round pick. You sign him to a pretty minimal one year contract. Uh, so it's okay if he's not coming in every single game. And he's not really a guy I would send down to Belleville either. So if he has to be the extra guy and someone like Casty really grabs the reins of that fourth line center job, that's fine with me. And like we know, like this team, there's a lot of pairs that work well together. The pair of Mark Castlick and Parker Kelly. That's that's a tough pair to play up against if you're an opponent team. So you will love to see that.
0: A little news: DJ Smith mentioning that Mark Parker Kelly suffered a minor injury. Shouldn't keep him out for long, but probably the next week or so. So when you don't see Parker Kelly in the mix here, it's not because he ha- he's done anything to not deserve games, or if they're holding him out because he's already got a spot locked in. He suffered a minor injury and will be reevaluated throughout the next week, but. They think maybe the Montreal game on October 1st is when he will make his uh, preseason debut. Uh, Soon today, I I guess around 11 a.m., we're going to find out who the roster is coming to Winnipeg. We wanted to get this show out, though, as early as possible. It's that time of year where things age rather quickly. Of course, I'm going to be boots on the ground on Tuesday. and My other work schedule is just not allowing too much flexibility in terms of timing to recording so right now it's uh 6 30 p.m on sunday evening and after the break we're gonna get in to a few guys who maybe didn't impress as much but before we do i want to finish off this top five and just throw some names off of you and what your thoughts were how they performed this weekend what do you think of jacob bernard docker and his play I didn't get to see a whole lot of Jacob
1: Bernard-Docker. Um, that that was the game that I was busy for. But just looking at his stats here, I mean, you get an assist, that's nice. He handled big minutes, uh, the third most minutes of any defenseman of that night. Obviously, Zub and Spot are going to get about the most
0: How about Shabby playing 27 minutes in a preseason game? And we heard from DJ
1: that, look, <laughs> the, the rising tide floats all boats. Like, a better defenseman should help kind of cancel that out but I guess Sanderson's uh not there that's kind of where you're really looking at there but 27 minutes in a preseason game you probably don't need to do that but Shabbat that's that's what he likes honestly he probably gets comfortable the more minutes he's out there so
0: to, to be fair Morgan Riley played 27.05 so you know what both both big dogs on the back end we're, were getting their minutes in
1: yeah but didn't exactly work out for uh, Morgan Riley and the Blue Gang there. So uh, we'll, we'll have Thomas Shabbat uh, eat those minutes and take the W.
0: We got an all time comment on our YouTube. I'll tell you about it right after a quick break right here on the Locked On Senators podcast.
1: Guys, it's Monday and we want to start our week off right. And the best way to start your week or day off right is with athletic greens. What is this stuff? It's simple. Just one delicious scoop of athletic greens and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics so you can start the day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, and aging, all of these things just with one scoop. And it's lifestyle friendly too. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's all good. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything, while still tasting good. And it's going to cost you less than $3 a day to invest in your health. It's cheaper than your coffee habit. It's cheaper than getting all those supplements. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And there's so many positive reviews. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews trusted by leading health experts and more. So, guys, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop into your cup of water every day. That's it. It's simple. To make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year, one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1 with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance from Athletic Greens.
0: All right, Pilsy, so preseason hockey is here, but some take it a little more seriously. We were just having fun, Marcia and I, in the postcast game two, right after the win. Just having a good time. Guys being dudes, of course we missed you. Uh, but however, we got a comment this morning from Leafs Leafsfan4269 is how I really should be referring to him. He commented on four different things. Oh, his name is awesome. Awesome Matthews. Cool. Quote, Senator fans are acting like game two of a back-to-back exhibition game was the Stanley Cup final. Really looking forward to the collapse of this team this year. What's more crazy? Doing a postcast to get some reps in, just like the players in preseason. Preseason for us podcasters. Or finding content from the other team that you played in a preseason back-to-back and getting mad at them in the comments.
1: I was waiting for something like this to happen, Ross, because you, you just know if the Leafs have won that game too and won both preseason games, you're getting Leafs fans being like, wow, Sens fans. Obviously, the Senators are not going to be a good team. All that offseason hype was for nothing. So no matter what way you spin it, the the Leafs fans are going to have their, uh, their toxic comments. So we'll just let them have that one. That's fine.
0: Still hilarious. Your twenty-five million dollar line looked useless. Like all this stuff is so funny, so funny. Uh, we're just here trying to have a good time. Get the cobwebs out in three seasons.
1: Speaking of uh, toxic uh, Battle of Ontario stuff, Ross, I forgot how much I love to hate Mitch Marner. Oh, we my talked about God. that for you last night. Thank you. Like there were so many plays that he did where I'm like, I hate the way this guy plays hockey. Like there was, there was one the leafs had pressure in the ozone cycling the puck around they were doing a good job i'll i'll tip my cap there and uh defenseman pinches and marner goes to cover his, his spot on the blue line but instead of covering his spot and being engaged in the game like you would hope an 11 million dollar player would he just controller dies and goes off to to take a change and the defenseman passes it back to him yeah. and he doesn't he doesn't even like he doesn't even try to pretend like he was like, oh crap, I was changing, but I'll try to get it. He just lets it go right by. Like, Mitch Marner. Oh Is
0: it a hot God. take? And maybe I'm asking the wrong person, but I, like, and it's not based on just this past game sample size, but I'd probably take Nylander over Marner. Yeah,
1: if we're talking contract included. Oh. All, all day. Yeah. All day, I would take Nylander over, over Marner. Yeah.
0: All right. That's enough blue team talk. We do love our friends over at Locked On Leaf. So you can go listen to them if you want to either have a laugh or whatnot. We'll send uh, awesome Matthews their way. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh Mike DeStefano and David Morasudio are likely gonna join us here coming up as we do a Atlantic Division roundup between all the locked on hosts one by one. Those got great reviews last year, so stay tuned. Those are gonna be weekend bonus coverage as we're back to five shows a week on Locked On Senators. Did I miss one guy? I believe I did because we've gone through four players so far that impressed us and we're going to make a little bit of a compliment sandwich here because then we're going to get into a few who did not impress so much. The fifth and final guy that we'll discuss is Jake Sanderson. Yeah. Dash two on the, on the box score, but his play, you talk about Marner, let's pick it up there. The play where Marner cuts outside right through, through neutral ice. A lot of guys probably trip over themselves on that crossover, not Jake Sanderson. He ends up closing the gap in a hurry and, uses his long stick to stay with him. That was just kind of a sign of things to come before you can take us through that two-on-one defense he played too.
1: I was really nervous there, Ross, because like you mentioned, a lot of defensemen, Marner, you got to give it to him. He's he's quick with the puck. He's hard to really kind of guess what he's going to do for better or for worse, um, I should say. But that's a play where a lot of guys would trip up. And I was like, if that highlight happens... I don't know. That's hard to recover yeah, from. Yeah, game one. Yeah, but Sanderson does a really good job there. Keeps him wide. Doesn't get uh, kind of stifled by the by the quick stop by Martyr and sticks with him and forces him to pass the puck off somewhere else. So I thought that was a really good play by Jake Sanderson. And I think it's, it's going to be tough because everyone has high expectations for Jake Sanderson. I think this year we need to kind of just see how things go and not raise expectations too high because – Again, it's not like he has the most ideal partner. I know you're a Hammonick guy, Ross, and I'm not anti. Actually, look good. Yeah, I'm not anti Hamannik, but I still think we could find a better partner for Jake Sanderson. So I think this year, Sense fans are going to have to be patient and understand that there's a lot of little things that Jake Sanderson does that, in kind of uh, uh, when he keeps repeating all these little things, they all add up to a really solid game. So don't try to look for those. Highlight real stuff right away from Sanderson. Look for those little things that he's always doing right, and I think Sens fans are going to be happy with him.
0: Well, he played twenty-one thirty-nine, the most of any defenseman in the first game of the day. Over yep. two minutes on the power play, a minute forty-seven on the penalty kill. Took two penalties. The second one, y- your boy Marner. I mean, come on.
1: It was it, it's it's a tough look because. Marner goes down like he does, and the ref kind of has to call that. But I wasn't too impressed with the refing in the first game. That's for sure.
0: No, but we're not going to stand here and throw tables or anything at the reffing of game one in the preseason. <laughs> no, we won't do that yet. We'll save that in, in midseason form. I, I want to give a, a bit of a shout out, and this is more for Belleville, but Christian Rubens for his size, like he is a he's a unit out there, and he actually looked like he was pretty comfortable handling the puck. So. Actually, I liked what I saw in Belleville. We're, we're, we cover Belleville just as much. I'm not saying he's going to make an appearance in Ottawa necessarily, but I, I did notice him a lot more than I thought I would in the first game.
1: Yeah, I thought he was a good pickup. Like, that's that's the thing. Uh, the Ottawa Senators are doing a much better job of kind of rounding out all the edges in Belleville and finding those right kind of mid-late 20s guys that kind of have proven they're not everyday NHLers. But they're still fringe worthy guys that if you had to bring them up in a pinch, you'd be all right with. And I think Christians Rubens is one of those guys.
0: That leads me into the fact that even with a lineup that included Christians Rubens, Nikita Zaitsev was still the worst defenseman on the ice. I tried. I tried to like it. The first play he made of the game was very good. It was a cross ice pass and Talbot got a little bit tangled up. And Zaitsev, boom, right out of harm's way. Clean, clear, not even for icing. After that, <laughs> imagine it all fell apart.
1: Yeah, and he he was one of those guys. I think it was was it Nylander that Zaitsev did the, He almost had it. He did the outstretched uh, dive to try to stop that two on one or oh, the two on one. Well, that's his
0: play. No, no, no. It, it was Nylander that put it across okay. to uh, to Mulligan for the goal. But like, yeah, he he uses it. I think I said this in the postcast. It's a fire drill for him. Stop, drop, and roll whenever there's a two on one against. There's zero strategy. He almost
1: had it there, but yeah, almost isn't good enough. Uh, and hey, I, I want to highlight, how about that Tim Stewart's luck goal? Woo! I was, again, it's preseason, but as the first goal of the, those games and a breakaway goal by Timmy Stewart, and we gotta, gotta give love to Maxence Gannett for that pass. Oh my goodness. Do you goodness. see
0: the, send, the photo of the Sens posted? You see the photo of the Sens posted? It's not quite the leaf pile, but we'll get it up right here because some leaf fans in the background i I tweeted out at send central you can go follow the show there which leaf fan do you like the most
1: i think i like the guy that's leaning up against uh the
0: yeah the bar he's like man bar there this guy's good
1: exactly he's like oh damn (laughs) i I think that guy's my favorite
0: meanwhile the gentleman with the white hair and the goatee like he's like man how am i still a fan of this leaf
1: team yeah, but that's a guy that he doesn't stand up or cheer when the Leafs score either. No. Like that, I feel like that guy's a suit that uh, has, a st- has been... A stern suit. A stern suit that uh, has been at Scotiabank for longer than he'd like.
0: God, the first time we get to see Jake Sanderson in a Sens lineup, and he's right beside the third overall pick. So three and five, both in the lineup for the Ottawa Senators. Great to see. Outside of Zaitsev, was there anyone who you were hoping to see more from? Because we talked about that top line they're gonna need some reps before we can really judge them i'm not even gonna get on their case until i don't know the east coast trip that's where i'm gonna be like all right guys regular season starting this week let's get it together but before that like if if they come to winnipeg which i don't think they will or even this weekend against toronto and or montreal like just get the kinks out learn where each other is
1: yeah, I don't. Uh, I think as far as preseason goes, they they got the guys out. I I wanted to see. I feel like like one ice time that I'm really looking at here, Ross, is Shane Pinto led all forwards in ice time with 20 minutes and eight seconds in uh, in that second game. So that's interesting that he was able to have that much ice time, and uh, the coaches were really comfortable putting him out there.
0: Yes, and in the first game, the top line got a ton. Of play. Yes, they all played over 330 on the power play. That helps. But they were also all over 20 minutes up front. Stutzla led the way with 22 16 in ice time. So when these, when the big guys are in the lineup, they're going to play, is basically what DJ is doing. They're not going to play a fourth or third line role. Like when you're going to play, you're going to assume it's a simulated game. And that's, they're going to be expected to play that much night in and night out.
1: Yeah. Well, and the thing with the top six, too, is, that's essentially your top two power play units too, right? So any special uh, special teams ice time that's going to happen, it's going to go to those guys as well. I, I don't think many or if any of those are, are going to kill penalties. Um, so anytime there's power play, that's just going to add to those guys' minutes. And hey, when you have a top six as stacked as the Ottawa Senators, you got to play them heavy. I mean, you, you just... That's that's the way you got to go about this. Not that I don't trust the bottom 6, but that top 6 is just lethal.
0: Well, unless you're the Athletic and you think it's a I know, I was gonna, I was going to mention that. I
1: I got some qualms with that article, that's for
0: sure. Well, let's get to them right after this quick break. You're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. We'll be back for a, a brief conversation about that Athletic season preview and the Ottawa Senators assigned two more players back to their junior clubs. Is it strange? That Carson Latimer and Thomas Hamara didn't get a game? We'll get into all that and more. You're listening to Locked On Senators. All right, Pilsy. So Dom Lesition, an an analytics-driven reporter, I guess we'll call him, from The Athletic puts out his season previews. And you got some issues with how he's judging the Ottawa Senators.
1: I just... This one quote that he had, I just... I had to read it two or three times, Ross, because I wasn't quite sure like if there was a different angle he had. The, the quote is: It's hard to see the Senators making the playoffs unless something changes with the team's top six. It's not good enough as is. Not without an elite guy. Bro, like if you're gonna if you're gonna come at any part of the Ottawa Senators team, it is not the top six. Like, I couldn't believe like Look, they're not going to make the playoffs because that top six just is not good enough. They don't have an elite guy. Is scoring 40-plus goals in multiple seasons in your early 20s not an elite talent? Or did I I, miss something?
0: I must have missed something. When you said top six, I was like, yeah, top six defenseman.
1: Yeah. And that's another part, like... Look, I know, I know. Everyone wants to say he's biased, and he always responds as just his numbers, models, whatever. That's fine. But when you rank the senators forwards or grade them, I should say, as a C plus, and the defense is a C, you're saying the difference between this forward group and this defense group is is just one a measly plus, a measly plus. I measly don't know. word of the day. Me, yeah, they love it. Word of the day, measly. But I don't know if I can trust your numbers analysis if the forwards are just marginally better than this defense. Like, that, that was just wild to me. Like, the disrespect that this top six got in that article really r- rubbed me the wrong way.
0: Well, I want them to read it then. Let's get some bulletin board material here. Um, I've seen a lot of Cs over my... Over my schooling career. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. But to see a C for the Sens core as well, I was like, huh?
1: Weird. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, we, they, they do these for people to get mad at. As I told Corey Prondman. that that is the number one reason you make lists and predictions and projections. It's so that immediately people click on it, read it, and get upset. So job well done, Dom. Job well done.
0: On it. A- Honestly, one of the funniest questions that we've ever asked on this show, the way it was taken. Definitely recommend going to listen to Corey. And we also have a playlist with all of our big interviews, and we recommend everyone going. And over the summer, you're at the cottage, you're traveling, you're busy. Why don't you go get caught up? Because all of that is pretty well still in the news cycle, we'll say. I don't think that too much of it aged throughout this uh, off season. However, timeless interviews, Ross, timeless Yes, especially Mando. I'm going to point people out when criminally under viewed compared to our other ones. Mando interview was phenomenal, absolute beauty. And like he said, he wants to fight Aaron Dell. Like, what? Like, that's the tease. Go listen to the interview right now. <laughs> yes. uh, speaking of Mando, Sogi both battled back after we were, we were tough mm-hmm. on them after the rookie tournament. They both looked good. Talbot looked good. Forsberg looked good. Hashtag goalie friendly team. This team, the boys look good.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it sounds funny to say. Uh, I was very impressed with Talbot, even though he was the guy that led in the most goals in the loss. That's three goals in less
0: than three minutes.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of tough to really bounce back from that. But I thought he made a lot of great saves. He robbed Nylander a couple glove saves. Yeah, glove save. Uh, I think there was one where he's sliding over and he got there in time. Yep. So I thought Talbot looked great and. It is going to be an adjustment going from playing behind that Minnesota Wilds decor that is much better than he, he's played behind
0: edmonton though like it's not like he hasn't played by, by a D d before
1: but recently right recently yes. and when you're older you're a little slower so a, a better decor is going to help but i, I guess dom, dom would probably have uh, minnesota wild decor at a c plus just Maybe. barely better than the ottawa center <laughs> so i shouldn't get too uh, ahead of myself here but i think it will take some adjustment for sure especially with uh with playing uh, the preseason with a bunch of younger defenders as well. It's going to take some time to adjust, but I thought Cam Talbot looked good out there.
0: Two guys who we're not going to know whether they look good or not. Thomas Hamara and Carson Latimer, both reassigned to their respective junior teams, Latimer to the Prince Albert Raiders. And Hamara is going to make his, Regular season debut coming up soon with Kitchener after exploding. What do you have? Six points in three preseason games? Something like that. I think it was six
1: and four. Yeah, he led all OHL defensemen.
0: So excited to see that. But were you surprised neither of them, maybe especially Hamara, who's already been signed to his NHL contract, didn't get a game?
1: I was a little surprised, especially with,
0: isn't there nine preseason games? Right. But I think you'd want to get it out of the way by the end of Winnipeg. But that's I what think I mean. Starting this weekend, they're going to, it's Saturday, it sounds like. So after the Friday game as well against Toronto, DJ yeah. Smith, I, he said he had to talk to Dorian again. Fan Fest was today. Um, yeah. So great on everybody who got out. And I guess there's something wrong with the ice. So maybe no practice. That's Swiss last water time, didn't travel well. Last time I saw practice at Fan Fest, Patrick Seeloff ended Clark MacArthur's career. So maybe we yeah. could stay away from Fan Fest team practices. That was so brutal to be in the rink at with for. Never, never mind that. Uh, good vibes only, but uh, yeah, so no practice today, but the ice should be good for their next home game. Again, they're in Winnipeg tomorrow. When you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, they're here. So I don't know why they didn't just give Hamara that, or even one of the games on Saturday, he was listed on the roster for the early game. They end up going with Rubens instead. Cause Jory and Donovan played the second game. I actually thought he looked pretty decent, but I was surprised like Donovan, the fifth round pick gets a game and a contract like the day before. And yeah. Hamara, the higher pick, didn't. I just felt that was a bit strange. Not the end of the world, but a little strange.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was strange too, because like there's so many games on the in the latter half where you can have your team set and use those as kind of primers right. for the regular season. That why not for these early games have guys like Thomas Shabbat not play <laughs> 28 minutes a night and yeah. mix in a guy like Hamara, but it's. It's not the end of the world, and and I think, like I mentioned, when I was at the rookie tournament, Hamara, it, it was very obvious how young and kind of small he was. So, like, I think it's it's better. You got a good look at him. You gave him a, a taste of uh, NHL life. He's around the guys. Send him back to junior, so that there's no major injuries because that's the last thing you,
0: you want. And especially a new surrounding for him in Kitchener. Yeah. You don't want to miss too much time. I know the WHL already started. I think the OHL starts this upcoming week. I think I saw the 67s post tonight, their last preseason game. So you don't want these guys missing too many games. And then for Carson Latimer, it's too bad he didn't get into a game. But I think they probably want to use that spot to get more of a look at Sokolov and Yarventi and Boucher, uh, among others. Yeah, well,
1: and I mean, he's the mayor of Prince Albert. He has a lot of uh, municipality decisions he's got to make. So they had to get him back there ASAP.
0: Yeah, so I'll be boots on the ground when uh, Lats comes through Winnipeg this year uh, and we'll keep you posted on him. Uh, I thought you were going to say in the Laster part of preseason when you were saying that a little bit earlier. But yeah, so Carson Latimer goes down. So now there's three players who are on our organizational value rankings who have been sent down. And that's Hamara and Chandler Romeo from the back end and Carson Latimer. Those are the first cuts from Sens training camp. I would imagine we get some more cuts after the Winnipeg game. And we're still waiting at the time of the recording of who is going to be on that team. The way, a little behind the curtain, a little behind the blog, and if you missed behind the blog, complete 10 episodes, all available on YouTube. Um, I think Ben Rogers is going to play. He was a scratch in the late game at night. I think he's probably the next guy to go back. Not many junior guys are left. Roger and Boucher. And Massey Cut, but again, he's hurt. You can't send a guy back. And uh, Donovan. he's injured oh and Donovan as well thank you yeah I've, I forgot him twice or no last time I forgot Hamara when I said Donovan was <laughs> the uh the first guy to sign all right a little sparty shuffle there on on the draft picks but um yeah so I think I hope Boucher sticks around a little bit longer coach signaled him out as a guy who worked hard and he, he did that little math he was like dragged the puck into his feet got a good shot off and uh was mixing it up as well so hopefully we see more from Boucher Igor and Roby I'd like to see more from in, in the next couple of games, I didn't think that was great. They also were playing with Derek Brassard, but if they're gonna if they're gonna get to be an NHL level, it shouldn't matter who you're playing with. So I'm hopeful that that they both show a little bit more because uh, we know the offensive instincts and and the shot for both of them is apparent. So um, that's where they're at. Who do you uh, hope to see in the lineup from Winnipeg? Whether it's a guy that you saw on on the weekend or like, can he duplicate that performance? Or is there anyone in particular that you're going to be locked on to? Although we will have a show here as well. Once we get the roster, we're going to drop that uh, mid morning on Tuesday. We're going to record it Monday uh, evening. I'm on the the early shift. Anyways, neither here nor there. You'll get your Tuesday episode mid morning as well. And then we'll get back to our central citizen on Wednesday, but before the roster's out, is there one player, like a, a guy who you're going to be glued to for the rest of camp that you'd like in that lineup?
1: Well, Pierre Dorian told us the NODAC guys are going to be making their way to Winnipeg and they will be in the lineup. So that'll be nice. So I think I'll go with the easy answer there. And, and Shane Pinto again, like I think Ooh. a lot of this team, like even though we had 20 minutes, I just highlighted how crazy yep. it was. He led the forwards nice time. I want to see more of Shane Pinto progressing here because he's going to be a big part of this team if that bottom six has success. And, Ross, the rumors, the streets are saying that the Ottawa Senators and the Chikorin talks are still, still kind of happening in the background. And Pinto is the one guy that's kind of holding things up. The Coyotes really want him. The Sens don't want to give him up. So... Let's uh, let's keep seeing some more Pinto so that uh, we can be assured that, hey, if the Sens are going to hold on to this guy, it's for good reason.
0: Agreed. I had to mute that thread. I put out Elliot Friedman reported that Arizona really wants Chickren and It went to the Leafs and Habs, and now we're delusional because we like top prospects. But this kid's the real deal. Not only that, but when I get the Nodak Sens jersey with the name on the back, having him traded would be You've made an investment. Yeah, bad. Very bad. Almost as bad as my Jacob Silverberg jersey in the 2013 playoffs. He was traded before the start of the next season. So that would be right up there as well. Uh, We have had a little bit of a boom of subscribers. I told you once we hit 4,000 subscribers on YouTube, we are going to be giving away a pair of 100-level tickets Mm. for the Arizona Coyotes' visit to the Canadian Tire Center on Saturday. October twenty second. So make sure you're locked on Senators on YouTube, subscribed, and be a friend. Tell a friend. We'll give you more information about how you can load up on that contest coming up very soon. Right here on LOSP. If you're still looking for tickets for the home opener, you can go to our link tree um, link link tree link. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Link link, yep. Either on Instagram or on Twitter, you can click that. And in big letters, home opener tickets, and you can go and get yours for $35 all Ooh. in. Let's pack the CTC for that. Any final thoughts, Pelzi, before we go? Next time we speak, it'll be an Ottawa Senators game day.
1: Yeah, I'm fired up for a game day. Fired up for you to get uh, another viewing of the Sens in Winnipeg preseason because the last preseason game we watched in Winnipeg, we got to see that Ridley Greg highlight reel goal with, of course, a Ridley Greg suspension on the other side oh, of that.
0: What else happened though?
1: Oh, they they won twice. They won they won in overtime and shootout.
0: Who scored the OT winner?
1: Shane Pinto.
0: Your guy you want to see tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a sick goal too. Just to It was nice, it. yeah. Looking for a loop and away you went. Yep. So that, uh, there you have it. That's it for me. Yep. I love it. I love it. I'll have a, a full report. I don't know if you and Martian are planning to do a postcast, but I'd hop in from uh Boots on the Ground. No no pressure, no guarantees, but that's why you got to say subscribe and put yes. that notification bell on. Preseason optional. We might take our Veterans uh, Maintenance Day. But come regular season, the postcast will be back in full swing. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you want more Senators content, our YouTube exclusives are left, right, and center with the behind the blog and a whole lot more. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.